following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. me all along i made fools of you all damn that's scary dude like you know you can actually electrocute yourself doing this right that actually has not even crossed my mind until you just said it. yeah it, it, i'm waiting for you to like actually like have like a meal and like a toaster and like a microwave in there with you you know the fucked up thing is i was way too concerned with the literal miracle of efficiency that I have become while in a bathtub, that I did not even <laughs> consider the danger until you just I said just, it now. I, I, I picture you like that fucking disgusting kid from Gummo. Oh no, my friend. I have ascended to a new <laughs> level of efficiency. The quickening has begun. It has begun. You know, you might not be, but I'm proud of myself. I, I I mean, when I was still living in Buffalo, I did have a clawfoot bathtub, and I did have a little setup in there where I would set the laptop up on the shitter, get in the bathtub, and watch a movie. Yeah, You're man. taking it to a whole extreme. We all find a way to improvise, right? I just took it to the next level. Yeah, you're doing, like, business in there. My girlfriend was actually pounding on the door saying, like, why the fuck do I hear a power drill? <laughs> were you in the tub naked soaking in, like, Epsom salts while you were drilling these holes? That was about half and half. I don't know what half and half means. What? <laughs> it was in and out. You know, you have to test it. You have to, um, you have to troubleshoot. Gotta make sure there's room for the knees, room for the laptop. Get the mouse in there, a little whiskey glass. So for our listeners out there that listen to the show, my co-host Greg is actually editing these episodes while soaking in the tub. My ultimate goal is to never actually have to leave the tub. This is like some weird dystopian future where it's like Wally, but yes. instead of like the hover rounds, it's a bathtub. It is a wetter future, a prunier future. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dream. I'm waiting to record an episode with you over these Zoom calls, and I just see your pasty ass in a tub. There is a very good chance that one day you are going to see my pale corpse just sitting in a tub <laughs> with a power cord in the water next to me while I vibrate slightly and nobody notices for 48 hours. My cat might buzz in and start chewing on my face at some point. I'm really worried about you ending up like that one unfortunate soul from that uh, Faces of Death series where they actually were ladling him out of the bathtub. Oh, I thought you were going to say David Carradine because that's no. way more likely. David Carradine was in a closet. Why won't you both just come out the closet? Yeah, you know, hey, like R. Kelly. Now I'm in the closet too. I appreciate you taking the high road on that one. That's what we do here at Damn That Scary. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're Damn, Damn That's Scary! scary. My name is Micah. I'm coming at you from Reno, Nevada. Over there is my beautiful face co-host, Greg, out of Buffalo, New York. How you doing, babe? Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Yep, and I'm over here snorting whiskey <laughs> and drinking cocaine. Sounds about right. Big question is, which What's one that? of us is in a bathtub right now? I'm in the backseat of a car. Oh. oh, I mean, yeah, me neither. I'm not waist deep in soapy water at the moment do you remember squishy bath no you pour it into the bathtub and it turned into like a really thick gack like substance that doesn't sound clean but there was another chemical you would pour in that would turn that solid to a liquid and it would go right down the drain and your kids would soak in it i think this stuff caused a lot of weird cancer Dude, this is why all these kids have add me have add i i don't know i think it might be because of pokemon I think it's probably the chemicals they're soaking in. So, yeah, I am going to find Squishy Bath on the internet okay. somewhere. I'm sure somebody has containers of it that they haven't used yet, because I'm pretty sure the stuff got taken off the market because I don't think it's safe. It messes up the timing in children's brains. I think it's like lawn darts, but for your bathtub. You're going to get fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send it to you, 
and I demand an episode of you soaking in squishy bath. Well, I can't say no to that. That's right. Turns out it doesn't take a whole lot to get this guy in the tub. It doesn't take a whole lot to get you to do anything. I just kind of like say, hey, be somebody, and you do it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very suggestible, it turns out. You know what? <laughs> squishy bath. <laughs> Turn my brain into a big old sponge. Hey, you watch anything good this week? Nope. I got into that Netflix show, Korean Zombie Horror. Okay. All of us are dead. Oh, I've heard good things. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about it, dude. Does this one take place on a train? It takes place in a high school, but they actually reference Train to Busan quite a bit. Nice. Better than I that s- fucking Snowpiercer that everybody seems so excited about. I like Snowpiercer. Ah, it's dog shit. The movie or the show? I haven't seen the show, but I was not a big fan of the movie, I have to say. I like the movie. Okay, fair enough. I'm not going to watch it again, but I liked what I saw. It's like... You don't want to see it ever again. How good could it really be? That's my question. I feel like it's like... One of those boondock saints things. I killed your cat, you druggy bitch. Or like a fight club thing where it's like douchebags end up liking it a lot and they quote it. His name is Robert Polish. Well, yeah, it was a, a very thinly veiled social metaphor with a somewhat weak twist at the end. Right? The twist was weak. Chris it was dumb. Evans... The whole movie was dumb. All right, all right. Got a fine, fucking train. Was... You know fine, how much fuel okay. that consumes to keep a train moving constantly around the earth? Well, no, they used little kids to power the train. You know how many little kids you need? How fast are you procreating on that train? Plus, there's just an unlimited amount of fucking cars full of schools and saunas and fucking coal mines. Fuck that movie. It made no sense. Why did you say schools and saunas? (laughs) The three things you mentioned. Schools, saunas, and coal mines. You know, you could probably do a whole just psychological uh, evaluation evaluation here on based you. on that, right? I uh, <laughs> I'm not a professional here, but I think you might need therapy. Mm, yeah, you know, I've heard that before. Turns out, uh, I just kind of close that door and sink into the tub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have myself a good old soak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> soak the shame away. That's my philosophy. Yeah, all of us is great. Obviously, it's it's. Everything, everyone, I think, kind of knows the premise. Zombies take over a high school in Korea. Okay. It is balls to the wall insanity. It's great. I love the plot. The pacing is phenomenal. The way it's shot is just brilliant. It's it's good, man. It's really good. It's all caused by the science teacher, too. I've always thought that His they were, son- uh, they were a little off, a little problematic. The only teacher you can trust is an English teacher. Any teacher that's consistently doing experiments with the kids, I got my eye on you, my friend. Yeah, come on, get in the sauna. But I will say, those Koreans are miles ahead of us when it comes to zombie horror. I am so sick of zombie horror here in America. They keep pumping this zombie shit out, and it's the same shit. Kind of like, oh, geez, I don't know, a new Walking Dead spinoff. Featuring Negan and Maggie, which is going to be called the Negan and Maggie Show. Filmed in front of a live studio audience. Wait, is that the one starring Terry Crews? No. Oh, so there's more than one coming out. Dude, there's so many offshoots of The Walking Dead. And just like Nickelback and Imagine Dragons, I don't know anybody that's actually into this shit anymore. I was just going to say that. Who's watching this stuff? I was amped as shit about the first season of Walking Dead. Me too. I thoroughly enjoyed the second season. Yeah. After they left that prison, I did not give a fuck about anything. I tried getting back into it when Negan showed up, and I just, I, I, I love that actor, but, oh, God, fuck, man. I feel the same way about my stepdad. After they leave the prison, I just don't want anything to do with them. Oh! Right? They're all like, hey, get in the tub with me. When it comes to prison, they tub in groups, and I'm just not ready for that yet. Yeah, but when they get out, they're so used to that. They're like, come on here, get in the tub. Well, they're used to it. I don't want you to call me Steven. I want you to call me Dad. I'm not ready to take it to that level yet, Steve. (laughs) All right, so what do you got for news? Well, that's it. Negan and Maggie are getting an episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're damn that scary. Good night, and who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, uh... 
Everybody knows and loves the God of War series that was uh, on the PlayStation, right? Hell yeah, recently rebooted, but last one was really good. It was so good. He had a kid. Yeah. And a beard. They, uh, they were Vikings? Yeah, Thor was in it. That Loki character that everybody loves from the Marvel movies, he made an appearance. Yeah, and Doctor Strange. The God of War is actually going to get a live-action series. Oh, okay. There is no word on what network is actually picking this up right now. If it's going to be Paramount, if it's going to be HBO, Amazon Prime, Netflix, whatever. But a series is actually in the works. 95% of the dialogue is going to be Kratos screaming the names of God. Athena! I'm here for it. Ares! I like that he's basically Christian Bale Batman. Ares! Ares! Where are the other gods going? Poseidon! Mars! Thanatos! Where are the drugs, Mars? Kronos! Where are Persephone? Persephone! Where are me? Gaia! Medusa! Zeus! Where are me? Zeus! 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 That's the second game where it was all about Zeus. That no, was the third game. The first one was all about Ares. Ares! Yeah, I remember the third one because the Zeus was giant. And then he turned into, like, a hundred little Zeuses. You had to fight him like Neo. Yeah, didn't he stab him with a sword, like, through the stomach or something? You know what? Turns out, who gives a shit? It's fun. You know, nobody cares about all this mythology. I know it's 100% accurate to the fucking Iliad. It's getting a fucking series, Greg, and I'm excited about it. I want to see Kratos dragging a little kid around and exposing him to brutal, violent murder... Because one of the hallmarks of that game is just how absurdly over-the-top he kills people. Men, women, mortals, gods. He smashes their heads in doors. He kicks their bones apart. He clubs people to death. It's so fucking gory. I really want to see a kid witness this. And I want to know what the psychological damage done to this child is. That's the series I want to watch. Ah, alright, I like what, it. What's a good name for a fucking Spartan boy? Little Julius Sparta. I want to see his mind get warped by the absurd amount of fucking vengeful violence his father enacts upon everybody around him. And I want to see what happens. I want to see how he evolves and grows into a fucking monster until he one day devours the ghost of Sparta. And I want to hear the son screaming the name Kratos over and over again like a little Greek asshole. <laughs> I had a screwed up childhood. My favorite part of God of War is when Kratos drags his stupid ass son up to you and goes, Is this the one that took you to the sauna? Well, the rumor is that father and son uh, sometimes like to go Greek. <laughs> Come on, this isn't the Olympics. Oh! Turns out the Olympics are in Sparta this year. Hey, so Rob Zombie is taking a step away from his ridiculous sometimes offensive r-rated horror movies okay. turns out the monsters is getting a get this pg rating oh okay well i don't really fucking want to see that anymore uh, grandpa is still allowed to wear his confederate flag t-shirt i think oh. that's okay and lily's gonna have to tone down the racism a bit <laughs> absolutely also once. it's gonna be really weird having a rape scene in a pg movie herman's gonna have to keep it in his pants Rob Zombie really likes to pepper in rape. That has nothing to do with the plot. Like, I, mean, I spit on your grave. The plot is kind of just like, hey, I got raped. I'm going to kill all these guys. Sort of central to the story, yeah. You know, like Mother's Day, like, hey, our best friend got raped to death. We're going to kill these guys. You got your, uh, your last house on the left. Yeah, Rob Zombie's just like, hey, I'm going to have a rape scene here. And they're like, okay, but why? I don't know. Rob Zombie's like, hey, you guys, I'm thinking about rebooting the Care Bears, but where do I put the rape scene? <laughs> uh, my favorite episode of Transformers is the one directed by Rob Zombie where Optimus Prime rapes Megatron. Yeah! For no reason. Wow! Where, where Megatron just rapes the Matrix of Leadership straight out of Optimus Prime's chest. Now! <laughs> give me that, give me that, now! And let me tell you, those movies really suck. Yeah! Well, now that we're done talking about the Monsters PG, before moving on 
I would like to say that today's episode of Damn That Scary mm-hmm. is brought to you by Jack Daniels Holiday Select, a single barrel Tennessee whiskey, 96 proof, aged for three years to a fine decadence. I'm sitting here drinking a good old Jenny Cream, my friend. Ooh. Out of a paper cup that used to have coffee in it. Oh, somebody put a cigarette out in that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I just tasted a pube. <laughs> Couldn't be happier. I'm in a tub. <laughs> floating free at the YMCA. They have everything. I should probably be wearing slippers. Well, I, I think we reported on this a few months ago that movie Skulls is actually a Predator movie. Oh, good. Which is a prequel. Well, now we actually have a timeline. The timeline is confirmed to be the year 1719, the year of our Lord. Hell yeah. If you look back at Predator 2, <laughs> Danny Glover receives a gift from one of the older Predators. A veteran a great- Predator. Yes. That predator has been taking kids to the sauna for years. In accordance to Megan's law, everyone in the neighborhood knows exactly where that predator lives. Continue. Yeah, but Danny Glover's cool with him because he got that pistol. Is he? And the pistol engraved on it said 1715. Okay. So maybe we'll have a callback that this is that predator? I mean, the potential is there. And I feel like, considering the predator lore, this has got to be what they're branching off of, right? Well, the thing is, with the Predator lore, that Predator killed a pirate and took that pistol and okay. then gave it to Danny Glover, you know, 300 years later. Well, I'm just thinking what's going on in history around 1719. Like, it depends on what part of the world this Predator has been to, right? Yeah, apparently it is a Native American tribe, and the Predator is engaged in combat with a female warrior. Yeah, this is pre-Revolutionary War colonial America. So instead of, like, the Predator going to the South and freeing the slaves and killing all these slave owners, which I think would be a fucking great Predator movie if they're going that route, or the Predator going to the Wild Wild West and getting into a fucking uh, tango with some cowboys, you know, Wyatt Earp and shit. Instead, he's going to the middle of the fucking woods to fight a chick. Oh, he's the Pathfinder. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't really have high hopes for this movie. I'm excited I'm just, just to see a new Predator, man. The first Predator killed Carl Weathers, who was a jacked-up bro. Billy Dukes, who was a fucking psychopath. Jesse Ventura, who was a fucking sexual Tyrannosaurus. You son of a bitch. Yes. And then lost combat to Arnold Schwarzenegger out of sure luck. That Predator is so badass. He almost beat a quadrilogy of the most manly men on our planet. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Predator 2, he got shot up by Cockadoodah Barry Goosey. Barry Goosey. By a 12-gauge shotgun, and then lost a hand-to-hand fight to fucking I'm too old for this shit, Danny Glover. That one was a little bit, um, I don't know how to word more pathetic than the original. So then, like, this other Predator, he loses a fight to fucking Adrian Brody, who's about 160 pounds soaking wet. What I'm saying is, I think the Predators are a bitch-ass species that have a bunch of laser beams and got lucky. The only badass Predator to ever fucking live is the one that died by the hands of Arnold Schwarzenegger. All the other Predators are bitch-ass... We have a timeline for the new Predator movie, 1719. That's exciting. I am happy that we're getting another Predator. I'm a little annoyed that we don't have a continuation of that last Predator movie, which... I may be the only person that actually enjoyed it. I think they need to take this series in just a whole different direction, man. Like, we've seen just Predator movie after Predator movie. Maybe, yeah, you know, sometimes they throw in fucking aliens. Sometimes they put it on a different planet, whatever. The Predator character, like you said, is just kind of played out now. And honestly, they're making it look weaker and weaker every iteration. This new Predator movie should be about that fucking weird dude, Melvin, that lives six houses down from me. It just kind of awkwardly stares at me when I'm jogging. Get your fat ass back here. I'm almost 40, man. I know I'm supple. I know I look delicious. Mm-hmm. Please, stop pressing your tits against the window every time I run by your house. You could sell him some of that bath water. Know anybody with a pair of strong young hands to help me in and out of the tub? You know what? That's actually it's not a bad angle. Maybe I could capitalize on this whole situation. This could be the movie. I'm just looking forward to your OnlyFans where it's you in a bathtub. The 
unlikely love affair that buds between myself and Melvin down the street could be the plot of this new Predator film. Don't make me beg now. We'll throw a poll up on the old Twitter. See what people think about this. That's a great idea. Who wants to see me get fucked? <laughs> Not really much of an actor, so I might have to go method on this one. About a month ago, I mentioned that Hammer Horror is back. I mentioned that they are going to remaster a bunch of the classics, put them out on Blu-ray, but they're also remaking some of their classics too. And it was promised that these movies are going to be shot to look like the old Hammer Horror style movies. The same special uh, effects where the blood just looks like bright red paint? We are getting Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is going to be a remake from the 1960 Hammer Horror, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay, I'm with it. Guess who is cast to play as Dr. Jekyll? Rick Moranis. Very close, Greg. It's actually... Fuck, I wish it was Rick Moranis. Eddie Izzard. Okay, what? Really? Eddie Izzard, yeah. Now, I I don't know if you... I'm not sure I can picture that. Well, there's more to it. Okay. When is the last time you've seen Eddie Izzard in anything? Don't say your bathtub. Well, it was probably the Hannibal show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hannibal. Now, that's the last time I've seen Eddie Izzard in anything. He was good. Uh, fantastic at it. Eddie Izzard is actually transitioning male to female. So, this rendition of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is going to be Nina Jekyll. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I think Eddie Izzard is a fucking genius. Oh, yeah, he's and hilarious. She's hilarious? I, I think technically now, Eddie Izzard is she. Eddie Izzard. Eddie he- Izzard. Hedwig. Hedwig and the Angry Izzard. I don't think Eddie could do any wrong. I think this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. We'll get this later on this year. I'm going to have to look up a picture of old uh, E. Izzard. Well, Greg... I know your favorite actor is Hugh Jackman. That's true. Hugh Jackman was in an interview recently where he said that his fucking dream role. Hopefully it's not one where he has to sing anything. Jesus. Is there another way to go? I am reaching, but I fall. And the night is closing in. Hugh Jackman's dream role is to play as Jason Voorhees. Really? Yes. This comes as a bit of a surprise to me. In an interview, he said that if he would be cast to play as Jason Voorhees in a new Friday the 13th movie, he will retire acting because that is the high point of his career. So is there some spiteful director out there who's just like, let's end this motherfucker's career, give him the role just so we'll get him to call it quits, and he will never fucking ruin Les Miserables again. Submotion is nothing now! Yeah, it's probably Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe you watched that. Did I just admit to that? Fuck. Yeah, you did. Uh-huh. Did you watch this in the tub? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> You're a pussy. What happens in the tub stays in the tub. Exactly. Hugh Jackman oh. is not invited into the tub, especially not a singing Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman can come in my tub and sing. Is that what you're calling your asshole? All right, and then lastly, there is a movie coming out. A European horror comedy movie, Let the Wrong One In, which is a play on Let the Right One In. Oh, this looks fantastic. This looks like, I'm going to say like a Shaun of the Dead style horror comedy, but with vampires. That is exactly the impression I got. It's very reminiscent of Shaun of the Dead, minus the zombies. Plus some vampires. It looks like we got two good friends. One of them gets bitten, gets turned. And then, I know you're going to love this, but we have the entrance of a Peter Vincent-esque mentor character. Yeah, Which seems absolutely. to play a prominent role, so that's going to be fucking hilarious. It looks like what we do in the shadows mixed with Shaun of the Dead. Exactly. Uh, it looks great. It looks funny. I am really, really looking forward to it. I like that vampires are starting to make a comeback because I am just so sick of the whole zombie genre. Vampires need to come back and reclaim their throne. You know what I'd like to see? What's that? More cyborg time-traveling assassins. Oh. I just want to see another Terminator movie. Uh, One that's good, though. 
like a quality. I was just Terminator gonna say sequel. we just had one that came out like a year ago and it was dog shit. Why isn't there a Terminator versus Predator? Why isn't there an Alien versus Terminator? Why isn't there Terminator versus dozens upon dozens of zombies? You think of the versus movies that came out? Versus movies are fucking sweet. Your big ones are gonna be uh, the Alien versus the Predator, and then Jason, probably J- uh, Freddy versus Jason. Your Freddy versus your Jason, yeah. Cowboys versus Aliens was fucking awesome. It was a great time. Yeah, no, it was a good fucking time, dude. Now, I know uh, you people really like comic books. I don't know what you mean by you people, but all right. So they they do crossovers all the time, right? Why aren't we doing this when it comes to cinema? Because the studios, man. Studios have rights to shit. You can't have, like, Ash versus Baba Hotep. Why not, though? We need to start making some deals, everybody. Well, if Donald Trump was still in Putin versus the Predator. Big fucking swerve on that one. Putin is the predator. <laughs> How about Trump versus Bigfoot? That's where Trump's like in the woods, like stalking Bigfoot. And I think we're going to make it big league. Big league. I had to think about that one for a second, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I can see you're, you're gauging the results in your head. You don't know. Uh, the people versus Larry Flint. Wait, that happened. That was real. Yeah. O.J. Simpson versus The Mummy. You good juice. You good juice. Ooh, I like that. Michael Myers versus The Undertaker. Captain America versus Ivan Drago. Snake Plissken versus Jack Burton. Dracula versus Magic Johnson. Oh my god! So much blood! Alright, so basically we're both really excited about this vampire comedy. This is ghastly. Let the wrong one in. Uh Check it out, video on demand, April 1st. I will. Well, Greg and I, pretty much all of 2022, we ventured through the the outer reaches of outer space. The outer rim? I mean, uh, yeah, we did a few rim jobs here and there. But now we're back on Earth. Earth. We're working on ourselves, working on each other. We're finally grounded. And to get grounded like that, we decided that we had to find God. And to find God, we had to go to church. You're talking about that cat from Pet Cemetery, right? No, I'm talking about an actual church. Because this month it is March of the Penguins. That's right. Greg and I are going to bring you nothing but... Oh, nothing. None more horrifying. Yeah, there is because there's nothing more horrifying than nuns. Nuns. Nothing. Yo, you ever nothing a nun? Yes, once. (laughs) That's... That's why I'm in the wheelchair. So is there anything more terrifying than a nun? No, I think not. But before we get into our new theme of nun horror, it is time to apologize. This again. Yeah. Uh, Greg, if you don't mind. Ooh, Matt, that sounds great. I would very much like to go first. As I kind of always As do. is customary. Per tradition, I will mm-hmm. go first. Yeah, I was going to say I want to apologize to Glenn Close and her puffy yet supple pussy. And I also want to apologize to Meryl Streep and her swollen, sultry, wet pussy. Jesus Christ, man. There's nuns listening. When you take Glenn Close's pussy and you put it up next to Meryl Streep's as we've all done, it's pretty much identical. It's the same thing. Okay. By the naked eye, you can't tell the difference between Glenn Close's and Meryl Streep's. To be totally honest? Yeah. I don't think I could. What I'm referring to is my faux pas last week of mistaking Glenn Close for Meryl Streep in the movie Julie and Julia, the movie about Julia Child. That was not Glenn Close. That was, in fact, Meryl Streep. Uh, so Glenn Close, Meryl Streep, I apologize to both of you lovely ladies, but between the two of you, I prefer Glenn Close's vagina to Meryl Streep's. But I'm still sorry. Glenn Close, more like Glenn, keep me far away from that. Glenn Close, what are you, my dad? You kiss like my dad. All right, well, I guess I'm up. Um, that was very nice, by the way. It was very, um very touching the way you describe both of their uh vaginas like i said meryl streep's a little sweatier i think it's because she lives in florida 
That is the logical assessment. Using your brain. So my apology is to SJP, more commonly known as Sarah Jessica Parker. I love horses! I'm sorry that I misrepresented you last episode. I love horses! And I'm sure my friend Micah agrees here. I know you're yep. passionate about the subject. I love her. I love horses! Last episode, in which I carelessly and insensitively characterized you as a... Uh, non-human. An equine individual. I called you a fucking horse person. It was rude of me. You're a very handsome woman. I know many of our fans were jockey for your attention. Micah included. I know beauty isn't easy. It takes time. And we all appreciate the effort you've put into maintaining the luster of your coat. Brushing your long, flowing mane. And don't get me started on that smile. I would never, ever look a gift SJP in the mouth. Well, anyway, I'm sorry, and you're not a long-faced horsewoman. Thank you. Okay. Greg, you're really beating a dead horse with this gag, all right? Now, as I mentioned before, we are doing March of the Penguins. Yay! Uh, we are starting with the 2020... Oh, God. I don't even know what to call this movie. Well, it's called A Nun's Curse, and it is written and directed by one Tommy Faircloth. Fuck him. Oh, yeah, I agree. Faircloth. More like loincloth. Oh! Tommy, you fucking cuck. You wrote and directed a piece of shit. Or as I like to call it, Felicity dismembers them all. <laughs> or Felister Act 2, <laughs> back in the stabbing. <laughs> so Tommy Faircloth worked with Felissa Rose on his previous film, Family Possessions. I can only imagine how good that is. Oh, it's not great. I watched about 20 minutes of it and I had to turn that shit off. It is fucking yeah. horrible. But his reasoning was that Sleepaway Camp, which we all know and love, is his favorite movie. Or so he says. Yeah, I think he's just saying that to get a name actress like Felissa Rose. I feel like he had the opportunity to work with Felissa Rose and he was like, oh, <laughs> what a coincidence. Turns out you were in my favorite movie. That's Hollywood speak. That's fucking fraud talk. Yeah, absolutely. I don't Tommy trust Fair a word that comes out of Tommy Faircloth's mouth. Oh, especially with a name like Tommy Faircloth. More like Tommy full of shit. More like Tommy go fuck yourself. We'll shit on this movie while we cover it. Why don't we get to our list of characters? Well, this film is starring Felissa Rose. We should probably just talk about her first. Um, she is famous for Sleepaway Camp, obviously, and Return to Sleepaway Camp. She is in real life married to Darren Miller of CKY. Fantastic band. Yeah, great band. She's also friends with Adam Sandler, which I thought was kind of funny. They did a little bit back in the day called The Party Phone, which was on MTV. It's just as annoying as it sounds. Please, Blake, please, no gibberish tonight, please, I beg you. The party it's, phone? Why do I kind of remember that? It's Felicia Rose and Adam Sandler just kind of making noise into a phone. Hello, noise! Yeah. It sucks. Okay. Yeah. Felicia Rose, who also famously turned down Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 because she wanted to go to school. Yeah, what a nerd. She could have been a big star. Instead, she's starring in A Nun's Curse. At the end of the day, though, I love Felissa Rose. I oh, think she's, she's fantastic. Yeah, she rules. But, uh, you know, kind of fucked up with some of those decisions, I have to say. Hanging out hey. with Adam Sandler, not doing the sequels to your famous movie. Yeah, instead, fucking uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister became Angela. I'm not mad about that, because she was fucking no. great. But... There she was. So, anyway, she plays a character... That I just called Sister Felissa. I was um, calling her Sister Angela. Yeah, she's a nun, a murderer, a ghost, a Kool-Aid pusher, a heavyweight boxer, a vigilante, a ball buster, and she kicks ass for the Lord. Oh, I kick ass for the Lord! Next up we have Peggy, and I named her that because she looks a lot like a character from uh, Mad Men, if you've ever watched that. Is this the one that looks like a grown-up fetus? Yeah, her eyes oh, are spaced yeah. oddly. Yeah, she has like a crooked eye. She's got a weird amount of space between her eyes 
and above her nose. With a head like that, you know her mom was walking funny for weeks after giving birth. Her skull never fully developed when she was born because of alcohol abuse. She has fetal alcohol syndrome. She is an FAS victim. She is also a pudgy introvert, an outcast, a photographer, a daddy's girl, a crayon artist, a heavy sleeper, a sneaky thief, and she's obsessed with ghost nuns. Yeah, she is. And she wishes her mother did not trig so heavily during pregnancy. I promise you that. <laughs> but moving on, we have her sister, Becky, who is a stuck-up bitch, a private school princess, a clingy psychopath, an ass blaster, a shitty sister, and the quintessential white girl. Yeah, she's also quite the cocksmith. That's kind of like an Aerosmith, right? But with more dicks. It's like, you know, it's like jerking off. When you're a young kid and you first learn how to use that thing, you know, you go... Brrr. Our next character, I just named Tim and Eric. Because he is a fat nerd stereotype. He is a four-eyed poindexter. He plays chess. He eats boogers. He loves Star Trek. He masturbates constantly. But he has a very cool Space Cat t-shirt. Yeah, t-shirt was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of uh, the only cool thing about him. Yeah, other than that, he kind of sucked. He's got a big old kick me sign just taped right to his back. I'm a virgin, dude. Well, last but not least, we have Gordon, who I named because of his similarity to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like he's made out of clay. Well, this guy looks like he was made out of clay but not fully sculpted. There's something wrong with him. I can't quite put my finger on it. But he is Becky's boyfriend. He's a cocky jock, a lovable douchebag, an uneducated smartass, a bully, a badass, a prankster, a punster, and a eunuch. Everything this guy said was supposed to be funny, and it was not funny. I kind of loved him. Yeah, you would. He started off really fucking annoying, but the more I watched, you know, I kind of started to appreciate his humor. Can I put it in your ass? That's comedy gold right there. Yeah. <laughs> Man's a genius. Is that everybody, Greg? I think it is. So uh, let's move right on to the plot. Let's go to the actual opener of the movie. The screen pops up and it is uncorked entertainment. Which is always a good sign. Always a great sign and it lets you know that you were going to watch some garbage shit. It means the budget was less than $7,500. It means you better get really high to enjoy yourself. We open on a young girl describing her worst nightmare, which is apparently a troll dressed as a nun hiding in her closet. I mean, if Felissa Rose is in my closet, hey, hey, you know. I wouldn't let her out. Ever? So she gets out of bed to see what it is and screams us all into the opening credits, which are really just a bunch of old-time photos of the woods. Oh, my God. It's like an early 2000s. Like, this is like Darkness Falls. It's shitty. It's all done on Mac Inc. or whatever the fuck that program was called. Oh, yeah, Mac Inc. That's correct. Microsoft Word? I don't know. I don't understand technology. Well, after like five minutes of looking at just black and white photos of trees, we come back to Peggy, who is now older. Older and a lot uglier. Yeah, well, that space between her eyes has certainly gotten wider. But she is photographing the brick ruins of an old church while her sister Becky and friends wait at the car. Oh, God, she's one of those annoying, ugly chicks that takes pictures of everything. And Becky explains to her friends that they had to bring her sister on vacation at her parents' request, and that they have to make all of these annoying photo stops along the way. They're trying to get to a cabin to party for the weekend, and they got to sit here and wait while uh, little wide-eyed Peggy takes pictures of stones. Fuck Peggy. I think we've all uh, been there, right? But meanwhile, back at the truck, like you said, uh, where Becky was explaining everything, that's where I realized that everyone in this cast is unlikable. Yeah. The whole crew, they're pissed off at each other. I don't even know why they're hanging out. You got fat fuck Jerry, who gives a shit, red coat, Becky. None of them have anything in common. Why are they there? If you hate your sister that much, why are you on a road trip with her? Right there with the plot, I'm just like, what is going on? There's nothing well, appealing uh, about this movie. Parents said she had to do it. I think that's how they covered that base. You're an adult. You don't have to do this shit. Naturally, they try to get her to hurry the fuck up. Instead, she tells them a fun local legend. And it's all about an old convent that burnt down in the 1940s. Yeah, because we all want to hear this. Yeah, I don't care. 
But it turns out all the nuns moved on to a new convent because that's what you do when your old one burns down, right? Except for Sister Felissa, who took a job at the local prison and subsequently became a murderer. And then I think a ghost or some shit. Maybe a ghost? Possibly. You know, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. But it turns out the prison where she killed a bunch of inmates is right around the corner from where they're taking these fucking photos. Coincidence? uh, I don't think so. Little Peggy says maybe we should go there. But they're all like, no, fuck you, we're not going there. But guess what? Bad idea. It turns out the keys are lost. Uh Uh-huh. Becky and her friends, they want to get on the road to Partyville. But instead, shitty Gordon Levitt has lost the keys. Way to go, Gordon. For some reason, they all start panicking, thinking that it's going to be dark soon. Even though it's like fucking two in the afternoon. If you look at the sky, like it is bright as fuck out. They're like, oh, we got to get moving. It's going to be dark. There's a Um, storm brewing. So they all kind of relent and they head over to the haunted jail with Peggy. The sky is totally clear. I don't know why they're all bitching about storms and whatnot. But they arrive at the jail anyway and enter the basement with very little trouble. At this point in the movie, we're going to realize that the dialogue is going to consistently fall flat. And that it's going to be absolutely humorous for an hour and 13 minutes with such lines as, where are the keys? I don't know, up your ass. Oh! Clever writing. You you don't understand the character, I think is the problem. I guess not, Greg. But Peggy tells the group that Sister Felissa vanished without a trace back in the 1940s. The jail she worked at closed, and some say that she is now haunting the premises. (laughs) Gordon gets all scared, gets kind of serious, and says he's starting to feel the presence of Bofides. Oh, Bofides what? Yeah, what's that? Who? What's what? Bofides? Oh, it turns out it's Bofides nuts. <laughs> Bofides nuts. Got him. Yeah, he's that guy. So they all kind of just pretend he didn't say that, and they discuss leaving. But Becky says, fuck that. There's a storm outside. <laughs> there totally isn't. I mean, she's been confused about the weather for the last six hours. So they decide they're going to stick around and just explore the cell blocks and the premises and maybe go up into a tower at some point. Yeah, and at this time, too, we have uh, this grown-up fetus-looking bitch giving a really shitty backstory on uh, Sister Monday. Uh, by the way, that is actually the nun's name. It's not just Sister Felissa or Sister Angela. Her oh. name is Sister Monday. Let me say that one more time. Yep. Sister Monday. Felissa Th- Funday. This is Garfield's least favorite nun. Because just like myself, Garfield hates Mondays. Felissa Lasagna. Sister Lasagna. That would be Garfield's favorite nun, I think. I kind of like Sister Fettuccine. <laughs> so uh, this is the point where they separate, right? Peggy and Tim and Eric climb some stairs into a cell block where he bitches the entire way about how tired slash hungry slash fat he is. But she's too fascinated by the scenery to pay attention to him. They enter a tower with a large stained glass window where Peggy says this is where they hanged all of the prisoners. I'm not sure why she knows that, but she seems to be the expert on this whole premises. Yeah, it's very confusing to me considering she's never been there before and there's actually like no history background on this jail church convent whatever the fuck this is why was there a heavy bag hanging in this scene well we'll get to that it actually plays a role later i guess um i gotta be honest at this point this is the exact moment where i guessed the ending oh you did to me it was extremely obvious not that this is like a well-written or like a confusing plot by any means but this is the moment where he's like yep there it is this is what's happening Heads up, if our listeners actually, if you guys actually want to watch this movie, don't. We're going to spoil it because we do not fucking care about this movie. We've watched this movie so our fans don't have to. Thank Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, Peggy speculates that witnessing all the executions is probably what made Sister Felissa deranged. And that's why she started killing prisoners for justice. I mean, whatever. They're on death row, right? Yeah, so, like, why not give them their last rights? Technically, it's the burden of the state to kill prisoners on death row. But why not have a nun do it? Who gives Also, I like the idea of the surprise. It's like you're on death row, you're waiting to die, and then it's like, oh, surprise, this nun kills you so you don't have to get hung. Meanwhile, Becky and Gordon are chilling in the basement. Gordon fakes her out with the old what's that over there trick, 
And uh, she is unamused, so they leave. They sneak up on Peggy and Tim and Eric, who have found a pile of printouts on the executed prisoners. I have to note, these printouts, these photos, these files look yeah. way too fucking modern. They were like Xerox. They're they from were a just... fucking laser jet. Like, these are not like... from the 1940s. There's no fucking no. way. The paper is white. It's still There's... white. It's so white. They didn't even try. It's like, uh, what's his name? Fairchild? Johnny Fairplay? Who fucking made this movie? Tommy Tommy. Fairplay. It's like he went to his mom's house because his mom is the only one in the family that has a printer and, and just like printed them out like really quick. Yeah, we should also note at this point, this film has two sets. Yeah. One is a bedroom. The other is the same fucking prison cell. This movie would be a lot better if we had two sets of tits in it. Oh! Can't argue with that. Right now, it's been about 25 minutes and I have not seen a single boob. You know what? When you're right, you're right. Major, major shortcoming of this film is the lack of tittery. Tittery. Probably 75% of her audience just decided they're never going to watch this. And I don't blame you. So this is where Peggy starts hallucinating visions of the evil Felissa in the dark. But rather than fear her, she's actually intrigued and she follows her into the cell block. She enters a cell where she has a vision of, what would you call it, like past life sister Felissa? Giving yeah. some scumbag his last rights. And he's confused why she's actually there. This guy's kind of nice. He's, he's very uh, docile for a death row prisoner. For a psychopath murderer or whatever the fuck. Yeah, uh, Sister Felissa reveals that she has a crucifix on her belt inscribed with the word Lord. I kick ass for the Lord. And she wastes no time giving him a tiny shot glass full of Kool-Aid. As he drinks it, she slices his throat ninja style like a badass. Yeah, with the Lord. He feels the wrath of the Lord. And at this point, I, I want to point out that Felissa is still very attractive even as a nun. She's a little on the tan side. Felissa clearly just got out of a tanning booth and also has, which I'm, I'm assuming is Kat Von D lipstick. And maybe some Urban Decay eyeshadow. Don't ask how I know this shit. I just know. And possibly uh, a little FAS herself. And also, I love that we got, like, this nun shot service coming in here. Felissa Rose showing up as a nun, pouring shots for everybody. I like that. You get bottle service, I want a nun to pour me some shots. She's like, do you mind if I have one also, but don't fall for it, because she's going to charge you. Absolutely. That's how they get you. Next thing you know, boom, 20 bucks. And then you have no choice but to yell at them until you get kicked out. Why does that keep Class happening to me? Classic Greg. Yeah. So Becky and Gordon are now bored and horny, just like me. And Tim and Eric <laughs> desperately tries to hit on Peggy by asking her how she likes school. Always a turn on. Gordon does his best to cock block him by pointing out his awkwardness. And I gotta say, this is kind of hilarious. I don't know, the more I hear lines from Gordon, the more I like his character. Probably because I'm just so bored with everything else in this film, because he is detestable. Yeah, yeah. And Becky calls everyone losers and dorks. I do like Becky. She reminds me of the chick from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, she is that chick. But she reveals that while she was allowed to attend private school, Peggy is public school trash and unloved by her parents. And this might be like the meanest thing you could possibly say to a family member. And it even goes on to say that the reason why Dad told you the story of Sister Monday and these evil nuns was so that you wouldn't want to go to my private school. Yeah, you're remembering everything wrong. He actually just molested you. This whole story never happened. We'll get to that. I have a theory that this whole film is a metaphor for molestation. Oh, well, the dad's clearly a pedophile. So Peggy tells Gordon that Becky loves it up the ass, as if he'd think that's a bad thing, and leaves with Tim and Eric to go exploring again. She finds a bunch of shitty crayon drawings signed with her own name. Granted, that's a little bit creepy. But they disappear... As soon as Tim and Eric shows up to take a look. I thought that was a good gag. It was the only good gag of the movie. There's some minor moments of quality in this film. That I'd say that was fine. Absolutely. But it's time for another flashback. Oh, thank God. We get another scene of Peggy as a chubby little girl. And she is sitting in bed drawing demon nuns like she always does when dad pops in. Yep. He asks her if she has said her prayers. She begs him to tell her another story about Sister Felissa. This kid's acting is fucking terrible. 
the kid might be a better actor than some of the adults in the movie, though. So it's about par for the course. But she is just awful. At least she has an excuse. She's a kid. But her pedophile father says, "I'll tell you, but just because I love scaring the shit out of you." And he tells her. <laughs> about more prisoners being murdered, because I guess this is just a common bedtime story in this household. This obviously has given her a complex, because we've seen what she's like later in life. She's a complete fucking photography major basket case. She started seeing ghost nuns everywhere, in the closet, under the bed, at school, in the car. Popcorn shrimp. At the gym. Shrimp kebab. In the sauna. Shrimp scampy in the bathtub. Hey man, shrimp it ain't easy. Why does it always come down to shrimp with you? I've been known to enjoy shellfish, Greg. <laughs> I'm a little allergic myself. Get puffy. Oh yeah, so does Glenn Close's pussy. I get a little Glenn Close's pussy whenever I eat shellfish. But for some reason, the sores that you break out with smell a lot like Meryl Streep. <laughs> Those are crabs. So Tim and Eric ask her if she thinks the stories are real. Or if her father was just lying to scare her away from going to private Catholic school like her older, shittier sister. He does a whole bit about how the brain is a crazy thing that you can manifest shit or whatever. And at this point in the movie, now Greg figured this movie out, what, 15 minutes ago? Oh, I've got this film's number. It was at this point in the movie where I was like, it's either what Greg thinks is going on, or at one point I thought to myself that maybe... Sister Felissa is a topa. Let me make it very, very clear to both you and the audience. Yeah. If you do not understand where this plot is heading by this point, you are a fucking real. This was even more predictable than Johnny Depp in The Secret Window. I actually haven't seen Secret Window. Oh, it's very predictable. So like a good friend, Tim and Eric tries to gaslight her into thinking that she's fucking crazy. And she admits that she came here just to face her fears, which are entirely non-based. She says, hey, can I show you something? And he's like, oh, yeah, here they come. Are we going to see this fucking giant four-headed fetus tits? Well, we're all cheering for Tim and Eric on this one, but instead, she just pulls out the car keys. And God damn it. She's the one who stole them all along. Oh. Turns out Gordon was not the culprit. He's God. a genius. Gordon just wants to fuck Becky in the ass. And here you are taking the keys away. Just then, she hears a ghostly howl from another room and goes off on her own to check it out and enters a spooky blue lit room. Is this where we get another flashback? Kind of, yeah. She sees an empty chair sitting there and has another vision of Sister Felissa taking a confession from a scar-faced, feared criminal. Yeah, this was basically Kratos. I know we keep going back to God of War, but this was Kratos. Ares! Yeah, we, you know what? We've actually been sponsored by the God of War series remake for this episode, so we are actually contractually obligated to mention that at least once every half an hour. Oh, that explains all the money we get now. You ever going to give me any of that, or...? Shut the fuck up! Keep reading! So this prisoner is all cocky, which seems to piss Felissa off. So she gives him a little cup full of Sharkleberry Finn, which is clearly poison. And what poison? happens to him? He gets bored! He gets bored! He gets bored! Straight to hell! And she watched this on, and oh my gosh, by the way, Greg, I would very much like to point out that it is this scene when she pours the shot of Kool-Aid or whatever the fuck that shit was. You can see Felissa's tattoo on her ring finger. I believe it says Darren. They didn't even bother putting makeup on her ring finger. I mean, she could have married a worse man. Like, he's, you know, he's a talented guitar player. Oh, yeah, Darren, give it to me. He's written some pretty good songs. What I'm getting at is the fact that she has a tattoo she's supposed to be a doctor. It could have said Wesley Willis. Could have said Wesley Snipes. Could have said Snipes John. So Tim and Eric is woken up by a chupacabra or something, and he decides to wander off without his glasses looking for Peggy. And I think we're all just kind of watching and thinking this will not end well. He wanders into another blue-lit cell, which I have to say is very shallow. Very, very shallow. 
he considers slapping a woman to end her hysteria, <laughs> but instead gets ghost locked behind some cell bars. Don't exactly know how this happens to him. It's sort of fucking stupid, but uh, <laughs> at least his glasses appeared back on his forehead somehow. Yeah, that was weird, right? Yeah, it was probably a ghost. Okay. So Gordon wanders into another cell and is excited to see that someone has drawn boobs on the wall. Ha! <laughs> boobs. He acknowledges them. He points. He approves. And, I mean, if you didn't think this guy rules at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, and he walks up to a mirror, points at himself, and goes, You. Loves boobs. Loves himself. Pisses indiscriminately. Yeah. So, that thing I just said, that's what he's about to do. He randomly decides that he's going to take a piss, but immediately gets jump scared by Becky, who says that she actually has to take a shit. Uh, <laughs> seems a little odd. She's, she's very forward about this, but I guess they're comfortable with one another. So he leaves, and can you give me a, a quick description of what she does? <clears throat> yeah, she farts loudly. It wasn't me. My foot slapped. I don't think that's an excuse that actually uh, holds any kind of water. I remember back when I was, like, younger, like a teenager, I was talking to this girl, Becky Doerish, on the phone, and I really liked her. Oh, it was and Becky. I was, yeah, it was. And I was sitting on this plastic folding chair, and I let out a little fart, and it was super loud, and she actually called me out saying, did you fart? And I said, no, no, I, I was moving from one chair to another. And she was like, that was a fart. Oh, you farted loud enough that the phone picked it up? Dude, I farted so loud. You fucked up, man. Oh, I did. I should have just said, yeah, big whoop. Want to fuck about it? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just all Freddy Krueger through the phone like, I'm your boyfriend now. I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Becky Thoris, I know you're single. Oh, no, she's pregnant. No, no, she already had a kid. She shit a kid out, I think, like 10 years ago. Yeah, no, 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 trust me. There's another one. Another one? Another one. Ah, fuck. Well, Becky, either way, I'm I'm out here in Nevada if you want to. No offense, Becky, or whatever your fucking name is. You've just got one of those names. I know you're pregnant once a year. <laughs> Never fails. Micah farts on you when you're 21. You're pregnant every year for the rest of your life. It's happened to every single person. Try and prove me wrong. Is there room in that womb for one more? <laughs> After Becky's son shitting piglets out of her ass, we get to Gordon who's hanging out by himself in another fucking room. Who fucking knows what he's doing in there? And we got Sister Mary Joseph hanging out in the door frame. She raises her arm up in the air and reveals that it's not Becky, but it is in fact Sister Monday or Sister Angela Felissa Rose coming in hot, stabbing Gordon right in the dick after Gordon leaves some very bad sex puns about how big his dick is, and I got wood here too. Oh, he makes way too many poop and dick puns in this scene. She whips out her lord knife and stabs him in the testicle. Which apparently is just a mild inconvenience to Gordon, because his reaction is, what? Yeah, it dangles off of her blade. And he dies emasculated. He's dead forever. Go fuck yourself, Gordon. Well, Becky walks in and steps on Gordon's nuts in a slapstick moment that I did not expect. I uh, did not expect it either. She slips around and gets stabbed in the teeth by Sister Fester. Her teeth pop out, and uh, we get actually one of the better special effects in this film. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But just for fun... She then sneaks up behind Tim and Eric and stabs him in the back bacon. He dies tragically, and nobody cares. Fuck him. He's dead forever, too. Peggy now wanders the blue hallways alone and wonders aloud, Where is everybody? Hey, guys. Why don't you quit screwing around? We get one of those scenes. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. She senses something behind a door and opens it to reveal a hanging rope and a tiny nun doll, and I feel like this must be from some cut scene or something, because they do not mention a little nun doll, and we're supposed to react to it like, oh, that's something I recognize. I don't fucking know. Wait, Craig. Huh? It turns out you're just fucking retarded. Very possible. 
Because that nun doll is actually in little Peggy's room in flashback scenes. So while she's contemplating what the fuck is going on with this nun doll and the hanging rope, behind her, somebody punches the shit out of a heavy bag. And this comes full circle. As I asked earlier, why is there a heavy bag? Well, it's there just so someone can punch it. Mr. Sinister appears out of nowhere, and she actually <laughs> looks pretty fucking scary. Ashley runs and hides. It's cat and mouse time. A real Tom and Jerry. Chester the molester corners her in a cell and does her best pinhead impression by saying, I want your soul. You opened it, and we came. Yeah, that was pretty weak sauce. We came for you. Yeah, I feel like they thought that would have a lot more impact than it actually did. Now you will come with us. Come with us. So, like, I was confused by that, because I thought she was just, like, killing people, but apparently she's Shang Tsungin everybody, collecting souls? She was a lot scarier when they didn't actually clearly show her badly made-up face. She looks like an actor from, like, a haunted house. She was good in, like, quick glimpses, but when they, like, zoomed in on it and had her speak, really didn't look that great. And also the makeup was different in every scene because I feel like they did it and said good thinking that they would get all the scenes done in like one shot. Uh-huh. Which is weird because she has like one line in the entire movie and they had to reshoot it just all the way back. It's I watch her tall. We came As much as I love her work in the original Sleepaway Camp, I gotta say she's not the best actress of all time. I also just don't think she cared. Honestly, I don't even know why she did this. It's The paycheck couldn't have been that great. It can't be for the money. I don't know. Maybe a favor? Maybe she was blackmailed? Maybe Darren was like, hey, if I'm going to keep pumping out mediocre CKY albums, you got to pump out some mediocre fucking nun movies. Otherwise, I ain't going to feed you sandwiches anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I really like the sandwiches, Darren. Just kidding. I like CKY's early work, but uh, they went Yeah, that, these aren't the Baldwins, Greg, all right? We all get old sometimes. Yeah. So Peggy pulls a nightmare on Elm Street saying, I'm not afraid of you anymore, and stabs sister sister with her own lord knife. But it turns out she didn't stab sister Christian. She ended up stabbing herself. Turns out Peggy was the fucked up nun this whole time. It was me! Just kidding, it was all a fucking dream. Even my immediate family bought it. Oh, but also, I love that before she wakes up, uh, she is in full-blown nun cosplay, uh-huh. which is just adorable. If you didn't figure this out an hour ago, I'm sorry uh, that you're still in a remedial education class. I'm sorry that you're bad at sex. You're bad at everything, if you didn't see this ending coming. You're bad at sex. You're bad at walking your dog. Well, let me You're put it this way. You're bad at doing taxes. Just You're piggybacking off of what uh, what Micah just accused you of. If you didn't see this ending coming, you definitely didn't see uh, your spouse coming. Oh! Let's just put it in uh, blatant terms here. Because they faked it. Yeah, they faked it and your penis looks like a piglet. Pig dick. <laughs> you get bored. If you don't understand this movie, you're a pig dick. A real pig. I don't understand this movie. Does that make me a pig dick? It does, actually. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. I don't want to be a pig dick, Greg. So we flash back to her childhood memory once again, where she opens the spooky door to reveal there was no one in the closet except for her dad. What are you, my dad? The end. <laughs> he was the real pig dick this whole time. And then... We roll credits. We're treated to the shittiest metalcore song that I've ever heard. I couldn't even watch through to see if there was an end credit scene. Fuck I it. didn't care. Fuck you, Danny Loincloth, or whatever your name is, who directed this. Oh, right before all that shit, though, there is a scene with Sister Felissa Angela Sister Christian Rose. Nice. Standing there in front of the stained glass window, screaming, shattering the stained glass, coming at the screen. To what I would say, oh god, would be reminiscent of Mortal Kombat Annihilation level CGI. She gets mad and does not express it well. 
Just like Patrick Baton. Just like I, Patrick Swayze. Just like Patrick Stewart. Just like Jason Patrick. Just like Robert Patrick. Just like Robert Duvall. Just like Shelley Duvall. Just like Mary Shelley. Just like Seven Mary Three. Commercial. Just like 311. Just like Three Doors Down. Just like Three Days Grace. Just like Grace Under Fire. Just like Fire Down Below. Just like Firehouse. Just like House MD. Just like House of Pain. Just like The Painkiller. Just like Max Payne. Just like Mad Max. Just like Mads Mickelson. Just like Michael Madsen. Madson? What are you, my dad? Son? <laughs> so, All with right. that said, man, now with that garbage behind us. Yeah, dude, this is normally the point of the show where I give a detailed uh, review of how I felt about the movie, but I feel like that's just too much effort. One star. One Tell me scary. what you really think. One out of five. Really? Felissa Rose couldn't save this fucking movie. This I have to ask. Where does that one star come from? Do you want me to give it a half star? That's up to you. I'm not, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to influence your rating at all. All right. The reason why it gets one star instead of no stars is because I love Felissa Rose. I think she's a great human being. She's very entertaining. I love seeing her on Joe Bob Briggs. I love that she's taken that whole mangled dick expert thing to heart. Who knows about pig dicks? Yeah, pig dicks. So if your dick looks like a piglet, you call up Felissa. Basically. Okay. That gets you at least yeah. one star in my book. So that's why I give it one star. Uh, really upset we didn't see any breasts in this. Really upset that there wasn't enough gore. Really upset about the makeup effects. Really upset about the audio. Yep. Really upset that I watched this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, really upset that this was my pick for this week. You really dropped upset the ball. This is how, I, I did. I feel like the last time I picked a movie that was this bad was probably Killjoy, but at least that was fucking entertaining. Kind of a weak-ass start to our March of the Penguins, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah, it turns out a lot of these uh, genre films with the nuns and the clergy and whatnot, uh, they're not great. And I refuse to review The Nun. Don't worry. But... I know you're all expecting it. That ain't going to happen during our March of the Penguins. It's it all crap us. all the time here. Nothing of quality. And uh, with right. that said, uh, I guess you probably want my review, huh? Yeah. Um, I agree with basically everything that you said. This movie was a big old piece of shit. Total garbage. Crap acting. No effects to speak of. I mean, there was there was a tooth that fell out at some point. I kind of like that. Complete piece of shit. No redeeming value. Felissa Rose, in my opinion, couldn't even save it. That could have been played by anyone. I don't think her part was really specific. The makeup was terrible. Sets were terrible. Uh, the lighting, you know, it had that little giallo flair, you know, feel a little sexy. Total garbage. Complete fucking shit show. Five out of five. <laughs> yes. Good. So what do we good got next fun. week, Micah? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm guessing there's going to be nuns. Yeah. Maybe a priest or two. Uh-huh. I don't know. Possibly some pedophilia. Maybe. I don't I know. I feel like it's inevitable. I think we, we yeah, kind of we tiptoe point. around that, but it's going to happen at some yeah. point. Yeah. Kind of skim past the entire fucking undertone of this film. Yeah. Turns out a nun's curse is actually an elaborate, intelligent metaphor for molestation. Dig into that. Think about it for a second. We're not going to talk about it. All right, buddy. Yeah. Next week, we've got more nuns, more priests. We got pig dicks. We've got fucking wombs full of pig litters. We got all the pig shit you could ever dream of. All this and so much more. Coming in another episode of Damn That Scary. Tune in, you fucks. And maybe love each other. Care for one another. But most importantly, keep it spooky. Spooky. Damn, that's scary. Dick looks like a piglet. What are you, my dad? It's male-formed, and it's an affront to God himself. <laughs> oh, God. It's like being fucked by a guy named Doug. Oh, yeah, Doug. It's easy to do. I've been doing it all night, baby. I'll do it in the tub. <laughs>